0: This is the Sports On Tap Seattle Podcast. Cheers to Seattle. The Sports On Tap Seattle Podcast had Dave Sims on today. It was an awesome show. And just so you guys know the voices, I'm Sammy. And I'm George. And uh, it was an awesome time having Mariners broadcaster Dave Sims. Please enjoy the podcast. Like and subscribe on YouTube or give us a five star rating wherever else you're listening. And this is the Sports On Tap. And George, you know what we like to say we're just fans fill-in fans. Enjoy the pod. Welcome on into the Sports on Tap Seattle podcast. Today we have Dave Sims, a special guest, a Mariners broadcaster, I believe since 2007, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, this is my 16th year, and um, I was just talking to a friend of mine in Florida. Man, it's going fast.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Time flies, but... Congratulations on that 15 years. Is, that's that's big. And uh thank you. We always we're going to talk some Mariners baseball, we're going to talk baseball, your journey, but we always ask one question to start. I'll let George ask that uh just to loosen it up a little bit and kind of get to know more about you. So, let's get that started and thanks for coming on today.
2: You're welcome. Yeah. My pleasure. Yeah, thank you so much, Dave. So, our first question we always ask everyone is What was like that first moment that made you fall in love with sports? It could be a story. It could be an antidote. It could be just watching it on TV or a father telling you something. Like what was the moment that made you fall in love Um, with sports?
1: I was probably four or five years old. My father worked at the uh, main post office in Philadelphia. Uh, He was very active. He played on softball teams. He was the commissioner of the basketball league. Oh, and I remember going to Fairmount Park's a big expanse in, in Philly. It's like the biggest park in the in a, in a city. Anyway, uh, going to games and watching that. And then we also, at the time, lived about a 10, 15-minute walk from County Mac Stadium. I could go out my stoop, go like that, see if the lights were on. And, uh, you know, the Phillies were home. There were some bad Philly teams. That was the, the back end of the Kids teams that, you know, they never – Move the move the roster around much so by the time I really got into it, it was like 50 or 59 they were pretty bad but I love baseball and 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 sports in general I mean my father was just a humongous sports fan we, we'd we go to Eagles games I man every year for you know three four years we would see go to see Jim Brown when he would come to town will Chamberlain was playing at Philly at the time we'd go we'd go down and watch uh, Warriors games um, you know, three, four times a year, and and I was playing it. I I can remember getting a, a, a what was it a sort of a sort of a navy blue football uniform without a face mask, mm-hmm. shoulder pads, and a jersey. And I remember Christmas Day going over to the playground. It was just me, and I was like, "Oh, you play with?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I've always I've always been into always been into sports, man. I'm I'm where I'm supposed to be not in a laboratory out that that was not my that was not going to be a place I was going to end up in
0: <laughs> I love that I love that yeah so its it's sounds like it's just runs it runs in the family and it was yeah. it, you you were born into it there was no uh, there was no escaping sports. sports at that point yeah I mean I played off in <laughs> high
1: school and I played in high school I played a, a four-year start in baseball three-year started football I was on a basketball team managed a basketball team my senior year wrote for the paper I went to a small college, did radio, did uh, newspapering. And, you know, matter of fact, uh, today's June 6th. So, two days ago was the 49th anniversary of my internship at the Philadelphia Inquiry, which was a life changing event. I got paid to cover sports, got a byline, a major metropolitan daily. So, you know, thank you. And, uh, (laughs)
2: Yeah, it's amazing. You get to do something you love every single day and be around it. Um, I guess a little follow-up question with that: like, now you obviously with the Mariners since two thousand and seven, you've been you know covered other teams. I know you did some basketball. Do you find yourself still rooting for Philadelphia sports deep down, or is the fandom kind of gone now and it's more like I'm a fan of the Seattle Mariners?
1: Well, I, I have never wavered on my Eagle fandom. Uh, I run hot and cold with the Phillies. I, I don't root for them when, when the Mariners play them, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but I, I did get a kick out of their rally yesterday with a, a grand slam by Harper in the eighth and tie it, and a in the, in the walk-off three-run jack in the ninth. So, and I have you know, a lot of my high school guys are still are still living in Philly, so we're back and forth. Yeah. But we, we always get on the thread during Eagle season of bitching moan about this that. Year. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a good connection back home.
2: <laughs> it's funny. And speaking of the Eagles, this is a very random fact. Uh, I think I told you I'm, wor- you know, g- going around Europe yesterday walking. I saw a guy wearing a Carson Wentz Eagles jersey in Spain.
1: Well, he needs to trade it in for Jalen Hurts. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he knew what he was wearing. No, yeah, he it probably
1: not. It was green. Like the color. I don't even know what football is, but it's a nice jersey. Yeah, it's a nice piece of goods. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> exactly.
2: Well, great. Yeah. So, um, you know, you said you know you run deep in baseball and you love baseball. I have a quote from you. Like it was, I think, before this season. <laughs> maybe I, I'm this- not quite sure. Yeah, same. Of you coming in and out. So, um, my question for you, Dave. I, you had this quote. You said, "I always I'm feel back. like We're I'm good. part of the last." Generation of black folks who are totally committed to baseball, loving baseball, and following it. We're trying to reignite the passion in the black community for baseball. And what, why, why, first, why do you think that's important? And two, how can you reignite that and make? more passion out of a black community for baseball.
1: That, you know, we, we got to continue to sell it. I mean, the NFL, does, nobody does a better job than the NFL at selling their product. Oh, my yes. God.
2: Yeah. Oh, yes. Uh, they're,
1: they're incredible. I mean, they dominate the schedule. They make stuff, you know, they make the release of the ske- upcoming schedule, big uh, media event for, you know, hey, three days, they're going to announce the schedule. Then they do it. They it uh, yeah. You know, when I was growing up, I would see, you know, the late, mid to, yeah, late 50s into the 60s, I would see it. As I, if my memory is correct, and I think it is, a decent amount of black uh, families at ballparks, fathers and sons. Um, and, and at that time, the, the percentage and the number of African-American players was growing in Major League Baseball. I think it topped at like eight, 17, 18 percent in, the, I think, the 70s. And now uh, the only time I rarely see black f- families, I mean, it, you, you see some, but I mean, the numbers are small. And the thing that really struck me a few years ago, we went to we were at Wrigley playing the uh, playing the Cubs, and you know get there early. And as I'm walking through the gate, they let us off on Wavel, I think it was Waveland Avenue. And I'm walking into the ballpark, and everybody who's doing set—not everybody, but the majority of people were doing setups and cleaning up. And were black people. I was like, really? And then you then we get to the, the game, and I'm upstairs and I'm looking around. I was like, really? There's nobody here. And our numbers as players is very low, six percent now, as broadcasters. You know, very few and far between me, Robert Ford's a radio voice in Houston, the two, only two black play by play guys, uh, you know, a few other guys who don't color. So it's been a, you know, the baseball has the connection of the black community, you know, it's the ultimate father and son hand me down uh, sport. And given, you know, we can get a whole sociological thing, but right. those numbers, the lack of black, uh, dad's handing down the sport has just hasn't disappeared but it's close to it and of course then basketball you can walk out in the court if there's a hoop and you get a couple years if you get one other guy you play one-on-one and it doesn't cost a lot to finance that and the finances in baseball for travel teams from when i was playing i mean i remember playing three leagues at once for multiple summers and playing legion ball and everything didn't, you know, at, even at that time, at those dollars back in the day, certainly not the numbers that they have now. I mean, I hear numbers 5, 10, 15,000 being on the travel team sometimes now. It's like, whoa. Well, yeah. Makes,
0: yeah, that's it, a crazy number. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's. It, I, think, I definitely do think that's part of an issue is it is not – it's one of those things you can't just pick up, go on the street and play with your buddies. Like, yeah, maybe back in the day more people had it accessible, but now – Getting gloves, getting bats, getting baseballs, and then being on a team, all these different things kind of play a factor rather than a basketball. If you go meet at the park,
1: that right. That you yeah. can all play. Here's the other thing you need you know, you need nine, you need 18 guys, and it's a different game. You know, football is explosive, basketball, a lot of movement and passing the ball, and you can really show your personality. And in uh, and, and baseball, they're all thinking sports, but this is maybe short of golf is like, Super, you know, you got to really be in the game. And just the nuances of baseball, a lot of them don't. Like I'll see a guy, I don't know, run first to third real hard, a nice slide to get in there. I'll see a guy, a pitcher throws over to first. First baseman's throwing back. The third baseman takes a couple steps to back up. The pitcher, just in case it's an overthrow. I mean, it's a small thing, but it's those kind of little nuances. And there's a million of those that make up the charm of baseball. Yep. And it's hard to say, dude, hey, come sit here, and watch the game. And he's sitting there and, you know, the pitcher's taking forever to throw the ball and he's doing all this kind of stuff. But <laughs> there's nothing going on. Yeah. And, you know, and out of a three and a half hour game. I mean, I love the game dearly, but I mean, this is just the fact of life, you know, three, three and a half hour game. And, you know, he might have there's a limited number of uh, limited minutes of action.
2: Yeah, right. That's correct. I mean, just coming right. from... Wait, 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 just, I
1: still swear allegiance to baseball. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, well, I mean, just coming from an immigrant family as well, right? And we have so many family friends that are immigrants and family right. friends that just moved here. No one seems to come from out of the country and really get into baseball. It's people like me and my brother who have been growing up here the whole, the whole time. No, especially
1: from, especially from uh, the Middle East. I mean, most of the people who are maybe not americans but they're born in the western hemisphere from down in the caribbean i mean if we don't yeah. have in yes. south america if we don't have the dominicans or puerto ricans and Venezuelans, well they're in trouble <laughs> yeah. American and canadian populace uh and yeah i uh I'm trying to think yeah name name me a, a guy of middle east i don't know middle if there's east. ever been
0: I don't think yeah. we've ever had Just one.
1: Generation, maybe second generation. That's a small number. I'm sure there's a couple, yeah. but it's a small number. Yeah. And probably third generation. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We, yeah. You tend to see that. Like, like my brother was saying, I mean, we, all our friends that have come from other countries love football. Cause it's on Sunday. It's once a week. Like again, oh, <laughs> I moved to this city, they moved to Seattle and they're like, cool. The Seahawks. Like I can watch them on Sundays with, with my family and my friends they tend right. to love basketball because of the names, right? Everybody, my grandma in Syria will know who a Michael Jordan or a LeBron James wow. or Steph Curry nice. are, you know? Yeah. Uh, I think baseball, the hard thing right now, and we love baseball, so, like, we swear by it too, but it is hard. <laughs> the market's not – the marketing of each player, you know, there there's some young adult Americans that when you said the word Bryce Harper, might not even know who that is. But, like, yeah. he's the – he, him and a Mike Trout, these type of guys are the – LeBron right. James, the Tom Brady's of the sport, mm-hmm. so the, the marketing part is definitely hard. And I think, like you said, too, very specific. And it reminded me of our podcast last week. Uh, we were with uh, Umalu MJ Al. He plays for uh, University of Washington, defensive lineman, and he started playing football in high school sophomore year at Fife Uni- at Fife uh, High School. He was coming from Australia. And he was just a big six three kid, and they were like, "Oh, you're really big. Like, you want to try offense or defensive line?" And he was good enough to get a Division one scholarship to UW. That can't happen in baseball. If I got picked up in sophomore year, and I don't have, <laughs> if I can't see the ball, if I don't know how to pitch yet, yeah, I have friends that don't know how to swing a baseball bat correctly. You know, if they've never yeah. picked it up. So that that's what I think is also really hard with baseball. Is I feel like we really got to work better in getting it. In communities and getting people to be able to play it at a young age, because if they're not doing it, there are programs FI-
1: out there too. There are programs out there that are, that are produced. I mean, I think Hunter Green, he came out of the program, uh, some of the programs in Southern California. There are guys, <clears throat> excuse me. There's guys here and there you can pinpoint. You Just got to keep it growing. I mean, that's yeah. you just got to stay with it. Just get, you know, talk about grind. That that's you got to stay on that grind to make it happen. Uh, you know, it's a, it's such a great game. It's a billion dollars. You know, several billion dollar sport. In spite of everything we just said, yeah. <laughs> things going on. So I don't want to come in when there's a yeah. to throw the wet blanket on everything. But I mean, those are just facts that I'm sure guys who guys, uh, men and women on Sixth Avenue who you know, are contemplating that, you know, that's that's what they they do to try to generate even more interest as we move mm-hmm. forward
2: absolutely yeah and i mean just in last point on that like someone like tim anderson on the white Sox, you know if the black community is going to get more into baseball they need to market the heck out of this guy because what he's doing is so remarkable and i would say that even diehard sport fans if you would be hard pressed for maybe five percent of people if he was walking in a grocery store to recognize
1: him. yeah outside of chicago yeah yeah
0: that's fair and and I, i and they bring it Extra flair to the game, like a guy like well, Anderson, that's, and that's
1: what Ta does. Yeah, yeah. He, he he's made a statement that that's part of what he's trying to do to show the swag and everything. So, he yeah, because I think I remember talking to him. About, I said, "How'd you get, I'm, yeah. <laughs> my deal?" Is you know, there's so few black guys and black Americans in baseball. So, uh like when a team comes in or we go somewhere, I always make a point. Yo, man, good to see somebody who looks like me. How you doing? How'd yeah. you get started? <laughs> baseball, you know? and and uh i remember him telling me he was playing basketball in high school but a buddy of his went to a tryout and, and uh and the tryout i guess they, they said hey once you try something next thing you know you know he got hooked up and here he is one of the best players in the game he's a batting champion all-star center i um,
0: love that yeah and i think
1: uh jp crawford's another good example of somebody
0: with the swagger that yeah uh, makes the sport cool right like for any young like any young boy or even young girl that wants to get into a softball, anything. Watching a game like this, seeing a guy like J.P. Crawford with the hair and the yeah. arm sleeve tattoos <laughs> and like the swagger he plays with, it yeah. makes the sport more exciting. You're like, oh, that's different. Like that's not what you know. That's the like you. You see guys like that in the NFL and NBA all the time, but oh. not in baseball.
1: But, but he you know, he he brings us some swag in Seattle with the marriage yeah. yeah. <laughs> I I made note uh I, that was uh. Was it the game? Was it the game tying run that he scored first? And he ran first to third with a great slide, fadeaway slide, tip the left leg in. I say you don't see many guys do that kind of slides anymore. Man, I mean, <laughs> it was it was like right out of the ballet. It was athletic. I mean, it was everything that you you know all the charm that you know that baseball brings to the table.
0: Yeah, I love that, and I think this would be a good transition towards talking about the Mariners, so I'm going to ask one more question about that because I know last year, uh, I believe it was last year, was, did the Mariners have the most African-Americans? on the 19th, it the, it the
1: 19th season. was the the 19th season. We had 10 black Americans. I, I think that was an all-time high for our, pretty sure it was an all-time high for, for the Mariners. And and Dave Roberts, I remember talking to him, I don't know, later on, it was later on that week or maybe during the off-season. I think it was during the off-season. And he says, "Hey, outside the Dodgers, he says uh, the Mariners are my favorite team because they got all the brothers on the team." <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, this year we've got uh, active right now. We got JP, and we got Taylor Trammell. Uh, let's see, wait for Kyle Lewis to come back, yep. and Sheffield may be back. He's down at AAA, and, uh, and oh and Justin Upton's coming. That's right, Justin oh, Upton is yeah. way back in a couple of weeks. Yep. So that'll, that'll kick up the numbers a little bit, too. Hopefully, Justin can bring a big bat and help us out here.
2: Yeah. yeah, and same with Kyle. If we can just get Kyle healthy, I feel so bad for him. It's like he's snaked in. Dude,
1: Dude, I mean, you know, he's ducking out of the way of the pitch. The helmet comes off. Ball hits him in the shoulder, hits him in the back of the head, concussion, man. You know, I have yeah. a son who's going gone through his issues with, the, you know, Pete post-traumatic stuff and <clears> – <throat> Yeah, it, he's just an unlucky dude, and such a great player. He comes out and hits co- home run his first couple of games, and everybody, yep. yeah, we got somebody. To da, <laughs> and he'll be back, and we'll, you know, by the All Star break, will be fully, uh, fully intact, and hopefully we make a run. So, now I wish him all the best, and hopefully, uh, uh, let's see, at the for this next homestand, stand, ideally, you know, when prayers be answered, he'll be back maybe Friday, Saturday, Sunday of next of this uh, forthcoming week.
0: I hope so. It is a, um, it is definitely – you feel bad for the guy. I guess there's no other way to say it because it seems like he's just unlucky. Like you said, the unluckiest way to get – it wasn't his knee again this time. It's just right. like, oh, of course. like My knee might be healthy finally. Now I'm going to get hit in the back of a head. With yeah. something well, here's what you hold on to,
1: I mean, the guy has persevered through so much to this point. And it's just another roadblock, and he'll fight through it. I, his, I know his parents a little bit. I saw him last home stand, and I said, you know, I tell him all the time. I says, "Y'all done right. You raised that kid right. He's a wonderful young man. Uh, trials and tribulations, and 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 he'll continue to fight through it. And hopefully, uh, you know, he won't have to deal with this, and we can get him the rest of the way. I hope so. I,
2: sh- I sure hope so, because he's also fun to watch. And the ball, yeah. he had that home run. I think the day before he had the concussion, and that it just flew off his bat. It just yeah. the way the the sound off his bat is maybe
1: one of the nicest. Yeah, for the
2: Mariners right now.
1: Yeah, it's it's admirable to say he and Julio. They, uh, they, you know, I mean, you can close your eyes. Oh, that was Julio. That
0: was yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm glad you brought up Julio because that was honestly my next question to get there because I know um, he also brings a certain amount of like swagger that's different to the team. Like he just has that look of a guy that's I'm a superstar. He has that look, whatever it is, is like superstar. What's it been like watching him and, like, do, do, you, well, do you get that aroma from him, too? Oh, like, super kind of, yeah.
1: I mean, I always say, you know, everywhere we go, if we're seeing teams for the first time and people, hey, I like that kid in center field. I said, well, he plays with the joy of the two dudes who wore 24 and the guy who wore 21, Mays, you know, Mays, Griffey, and Clemente. <laughs> well, that, that's so like a that good that class. class. <laughs> and when you add on talent and want to and hustle, being 21 – being you know his baseball iq is off the chart he's made a couple of mistakes in base running it won't happen again he got thrown out of the game you know you don't draw a line in front of the home party you know, that's an automatic heave Hole that ain't gonna happen again. so <laughs> his little mistakes that he's learning on the job uh, to go with immense baseball talent i mean he's five tools um i, I just i love his hustle. When we when they were talking about him, we just said, Yeah, corner outfielder didn't think anything. Now we see him when we see him in center field and spring training, I was like, ooh, this might be pretty good. So now here we are coming up on or early June. That is a legit center fielder. Yeah. I mean, yes. forget about it. Gap to gap coverage, big arm, could go come in on a ball, can go back on the ball. Um uh, his his base stealing is ridiculous for a guy six four two thirty. He leads a uh, league in stolen bases. I mean, you know, he hits wow. the ball. Yeah, when he makes when he makes max contact, heck, he can miss hit a ball and still you know put up a good number on the board. I'm the I don't rely, I don't totally get off on exit of deal, but sometimes when guys are throwing one thirteens and one fourteens out there, you go, Ooh, man, it's a little worth noteworthy. So yeah, <laughs> I, I I could talk for a half hour on that kid. I mean, he's everything you want in a baseball player. And uh, he's with us <laughs> <Yeah>. And hopefully <laughs> for a years, years, long long time right? yeah, because in the last few years you know that would be you know change the name, and the name would be Trout, and especially yeah. what Mike does. And I'm friendly with Mike, and I said, "Dude, can you like lay off? Your best numbers are against us in our building. <laughs> I mean, yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. always. And, and for some yeah. reason, against Felix back in the day. Oh, that was right.
1: Felix's number, right? I mean, it, it, Felix struck him out a decent amount of time, but it, in my mind's eye, and I, I have to check the numbers, <laughs> but in my mind's eye it seemed like he got him twice more than Felix got him. <laughs> exactly. I know.
0: It was always frustrating. It was always that like always in the first inning. I'm like, why again? I swears yeah. a solo home run right. in the first right. inning every time.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. It was... Absolutely
0: amazing. Yeah. Well I guess speaking of Felix, I think
2: that's a good segue. I, I mean I'm sure you know this, but I found it really interesting. You're the only person to ever call two perfect games in one season.
1: Well, yeah yes and no. I think on maybe on TV <laughs> Don't yeah, forget Riz was doing a, uh, the Umber game, I think Riz was working. He was working the Felix game, but that, I think the distinction is slash on or comma on TV. Okay, I think that okay. might hold. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, as you know, yeah, it's really cool. Uh, doesn't get me on the subway, but it is really cool. So. <laughs>
2: <clears throat> yeah, and um, you see, I people you know, on I mean, and they say you you aren't superstitious, right? I mean, you're no. okay to say. This guy got a no-hitter going. This guy has a perfect game going. Did you do that during those both perfect oh, games? absolutely.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah, the theory I'm, is debunked. I'm, re- I'm reporting, man. I'm telling people what's going on. Tim McCarver, I always tell this Tim McCarver story. Um, We were in Chicago. And it must have been a Friday. He was there for a Saturday game. And I have McCarver and Joe Torre when I was a kid and I was a catcher. Those are my guys. up, And then, of course, Johnny Bench. But anyway, man, I, I love McCarver as a broadcaster. You're tired now. But anyway comes up, he says, Hey, how are you? Good to see you again. He says, Hey, what's this I hear you're talking about? Uh, you're calling a no hitter. And I'm thinking, <laughs> Oh, we're going to have a problem here? Or what? And I say, What are you talking about? He says, No, nah, I'm just messing with you. I agree with you. He tells me the story. He says, One time he did a game, he comes home, he turns the TV on, and the game's going along, and he's not hearing anything exceptional. And then the eighth inning, he says, whoever the announcer was, say, said, well, he's got a no-hitter. He said, well, hell, I'd stay tuned in the fifth inning when I came in if I knew he was throwing a no-hitter. Come on. he yeah. You got to tell people what's going on. And here's the deal. My idea is like you have to be like a carnival a carnival barker. Guy's got a perfecto go and ha- going, hey, call everybody. This guy's dealing. Yeah. Furthermore, do you not get alerts on your MLB app or any of those sports hey, Yes. App? Perfect game alert. No hitter alert. So what is my problem? You know, I have a, you have a problem with me because I say no hitter and perfecto. Come on, that's in the dug. Ozzy Smith and I got an argument about that. I said Oz, that's for you in the dugout. They got nothing to do with me upstairs.
0: Nothing. That's true. That's well, true. you're not talking to the
1: player directly and saying it. You're, you're talking. Yeah, I'm going the now, to, You know, I'm not going down of the pitcher like Doug Fister and say, "Oh, Doug, hey, you got a no hitter going, babe."
0: <laughs> now, do you think now now you think the player
2: should? Keep their mouth shut about they it. They can
1: do like, whatever they want. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> they got their job. They got to go out there for a ball game. I'm just yeah. <laughs> that's that's uh, a good point.
0: I, I, I feel that's fair because if I was watching a game and all of a sudden I found out I'm the ninth inning it's a no-hitter, I'd have be been like, I would have paid attention a little more if precisely. Absolutely. You right. never know. I might have changed the game and didn't even <laughs> know what I was watching, right?
1: Trust me. If I had that kind of power, we would not be 21 years without making the playoffs, Okay. Oh, uh, don't remind us. Well, that was good night, everybody. Thank you for (laughs) joining us, everybody. (laughs) Thanks for joining us. All right.
0: right. That, that, it it is a good segue because that is probably uh, where I thought was.
2: Sorry, Sammy, I think you're cutting off a little bit.
1: bit. What was was the question again?
0: All right. There we go. go. It was a perfect transition though, because for the last, last five minutes, I thought it'd be a good thing to talk about this season so far. Um, I know this was a high expectation, you know, everyone said, you know, the running joke with our friends and, you know, people maybe in Seattle in general, it's like, okay, this is the year again, but like for real this time, like not, you know, not like a makeshift. This one was a you know, you picked up guys in the offseason and you you built this roster out to be like, all right, this this could actually be the year. What's the, I guess I would say, the overall vibe in the clubhouse and everything? Because things aren't awful right now. They've been playing a lot better right now, but it's not where we thought we were going to be.
1: Well, I tell you what, given the schedule they've had, three East Coast trips, most, and, and I think, a significant number of, uh, a significant higher number of road games the home games. So we're coming into a stretch of so a nice home stretch coming up. I think uh, the second half of the season and getting a few more guys healthy. Uh, I think that's going to be a real opportunity. And Suarez starting to really hit it. Winker start. I mean, those are two guys that were dependent on. It, that yeah. both guys coming off of big years in the last couple three years. Get those guys going. And you know, Robbie Ray has pitched well, but not you know not not. Superstar, but you know, he's pitched well enough, and tonight's going to be a heck of a test here in Houston. I'm looking forward yeah. to that. He's coming in hot, wanting six of nine on the road. It's like, wow. oh, man, well, we have Burlander yeah. tomorrow, so it'd be <laughs> nice to get some to team tonight. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think that I, no, I think the vibe is good, it, I, I, it really is. And I, I, yeah, I know I'm the hometown announcer and you're paid by the Mariners and all that kind of stuff, but I've seen a lot worse situations than this, yeah. way worse. Way worse. I mean, we've had 100 lost seasons, 90 lost seasons since I've been here. Uh, and, you know, if I, during the middle of those seasons, if if those teams had the numbers we're having this year, I would say sign me up right now. Yeah. Um, so I, I think there's hope. I mean, you know, if Hanniger comes back, let's say, let's let's just be conservative and say he comes. Let's say he starts the second half of the season. Let's say Kyle comes back in the next couple of th- three weeks. I'm figuring they're probably going to let Kelnick stay down until the end of June, or maybe until the All-Star break. I mean, so the cavalry's coming around the hill, around the you know, coming around the corner here, coming off around the, up, down the hill, and we got a shot. I mean, Flex, you know, the starting pitching the last four, or five, wasn't last maybe five games, guys are going into the sixth and seventh inning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That takes a lot of stress off the bullpen. Diego uh, Castillo has pitched, what, seven of his last eight outings have been tremendous. I think the last five, he's got a whole bunch of strikeouts and hasn't given up any runs. Uh, Seawall has been overall just terrific. Penn Murphy out of nowhere, in the, you know, were not expecting anything from him. Um, you know, we've got to get the bullpen back intact. And, and of course, you, you got to believe Jerry's going to probably make another move or two. He brought this rookie kid in from Toronto. You know, I'm sure he'll get a chance. He's left-handed. So uh, there's still reason to hope. Here's the other thing. Uh, Houston's been to, to Seattle twice. America's a 4-2 against them. We're here now, and we got swept in three games last time we were here. Hey, maybe this trip is – maybe this is one of those ignition key kind of things. If I get two out of three here, it would be four series in a row. Yep. Well, yep. it's always reason to, to stay upbeat. There's no – I mean, I've, oh, man, we've had some teams that if you ask me that question, I'd say, hey, uh, what time's the Seahawks game? You know, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know that kind of stuff. Yeah. We're, we're not reaching that. We have not reached that point. In fact, I don't even see that point. Uh, and and I all due respect to them, and that, uh, expectations aren't going to be big for them, but that's a whole other story. But I, I, there's reason for optimism. I mean, have you seen, you know, the angels have lost 11 in a row. They look yeah, like they're going to run away and, and be right up on the back of Houston. And they've come way back to earth. Texas is yeah. way better than, or is performing way better than I anticipated. I don't see them sustaining it. I like our chances you know, of, of of making a move here. Like, like you said, with the setup, given everything that, that, that that buildup and the building of this team coming into this season. Yeah.
2: Like my thing is sometimes I just feel like, can we just right now stop looking at the standings, keep winning series and then like reveal them July 15th.
1: (laughs) That's a good, that's a good way to do it. And I think, and that's part of the mental grind that, that I, I have a lot of respect for baseball players because I know my football guys say, how the hell do you do a game every day? What it is, you know, it's, uh, but these guys find a way to be resilient. Uh, you know, I think of guys who, you know, like who was it? Somebody, somebody broke an 0 for 15. I forgot. Remember. Somebody broke an 0 for 15 yesterday with a big hit. Uh, no, Ty France. He, yeah, he, he had a home run. He broke an 0 for 15, a home run late in the game. Um, you know, he'll come back to where he was for the last, you know, yeah six, seven, eight weeks. So I, I'm still, very. there's plenty of reason to be optimistic and, and and not hope. The woe is me, towel. Keep it locked up. Keep it in the safe. And you don't need it. Exactly.
2: Um, I guess, I mean, we want to see another moment like you had last year that went viral. I mean,
1: that can, can you tell us about that? Um, I forget you, mean, you, know you know what happened? Where? It was, yeah. you're talking about the Hanager base hit 8th. Yes. It's yes. Uh, the Angels. And the, the re well, first it was, that call, I, I, you know, I'll pat myself on the back. I, I think I nailed the call. But what made it different. <laughs> you did. Was, you did. The thing that made it different was our social media guys, Tim Walsh, uh new to the ball club. And he and his crew said, you know what? We haven't been in a playoffs in 21 years. Let's document it. And they put GoPros in the radio booth and and the TV booth. And they just happened to capture me in that in that moment on that call. And, yeah, it did. It, it was amazing going home that night and my phone just kept as I'm driving I'm a short drive home and phone went, ah, going nuts. I get yeah. home and then I got guys call me, dude, dude, did you my 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 kids called me, my son's called me, Dad, you're going viral, man. And I wake up the next morning, forget about it. It was millions of hits, etc. et cetera. Et cetera. Yeah. I still have people come up to me now, player, even Kevin Kiermeyer and a couple of other players. Uh Dude, that call was electric. When I want to pump myself up, I go to that call. I, yeah, seriously, it's just like I dial up the call and watch the call. I said, that yeah. means a lot. That's a player. That, that, that's really, you yeah, know, that is really uh, the affirmation that, that you like to hear. So, yeah, it was it was a great moment. I, and yeah, you know, I'm a Mariner fan. I'm a Mariner broadcaster. I want them to win. And that was one of the most dramatic moments. I mean, I've been lucky in my broadcast and writing career to be, you know, see and evolve and call. And write about big moments. And that's that, you know, that and the Felix moment, right? Now, the, the ending of the, the no hitter, he gets Sean Wade called, uh, strikes, strikes him out, Sean Rodriguez. Two, two biggest moments. And, and I've been lucky to have had a bunch of football and hoops as well. But yeah, that, that was special. I'll never forget that one.
0: Yeah, yeah I, I, I must say that you could tell there was one part that got me, and you could tell how natural it was. There was a moment where you sat back down. kind of just like put your hand on your chest and like the way you took just like one of those breaths like like i can't even believe this moment right now it was very you can tell it was natural
1: Wow, i appreciate that and i saw also technically it was the right you know i i had so many good mentors in terms of broadcasting and they said hey man let the crowd let the let it breathe let let the people hear the crowd and being on tv you know it's more of a director's medium anyway so at that point i've said what i've had to say i've described everything and now it's like the director and the producer, you know, they're punching in all the shots and everything. And that, that, you know, with the help of the guys downstairs, Jimmy Armatrop, Curtis Wilson, and those guys, great job in, uh, in you know, and getting it out there, the video. I mean, it was it was a it was a special moment, no question about it. The bummer was we left. What was it? The night before, lose two to one. I think we, I think we left double digits on base, and then. Poor Tyler Anderson. The next day, pitching so well, barely got out of the first inning, and, and, and that joy—when you know—it was like a skyrocketing joy. And then the first inning, I was like, "Oh goodness, back to earth already." So, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: baseball—it's
2: tough. tough. <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully, we produce some more moments like that this upcoming summer it. into it's the fall. You.
0: Yeah, I, I hope. Uh, yeah, I hope we see more exciting moments. Hopefully, you get to to do the first, you know, Mariners going to the playoffs announcement well, soon. Oh, well, I would
1: believe me. I <laughs> I, don't, I I have nothing prepared. It's all, it's going to be organic, <laughs> I can say that, but it will be high energy, I can guarantee you that. <laughs> I,
0: love I love that. Well, before we get heading out, I know uh we're a little bit of time here, so I just want to also where else can people find you cuz I know you do do some you do some basketball, you do football. Yeah. I guess for those that are not so familiar with that like what where else are on when you're not in season what else are you doing well, and, and these where? days
1: you know these days uh i still have I, 17 i think I'll, we'll be going to need i'm pretty sure we're going to have an 18th season i do basketball and beyond with coach k mike tischewski the now the former duke coach uh his wife told me he says yeah we're going to continue the show i said works for me we do that usually <laughs> from mid-october till right after the final four uh, and I also do some games, uh, on FS1, Big East games. I've been doing Big East, uh, one when we had Big East football, but Big East basketball since like 1991 or something like wow. that. on And I used it for years, for 18 years, I did the NFL. It was on Sunday afternoons and Sunday nights on national radio. So I don't do that anymore. And, you know, I just enjoy, you know, during the off season, enjoy being with the wife and the grandkids are close by. So that's really good. And, um, you know, if if I do pick up anything else, I'll be sure to let you know. I'm on social media all over the places. You guys know on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, the whole thing. So, yep, it's uh, it's been a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. I don't want to put it in past tense. I'm not ready to retire yet. <laughs> That's good, and it's, a lot, and it's a lot of fun for us to listen
2: to you and see you, you know, doing all these Mariners broadcasts. And we're
1: Appreciate really it, happy to you. talk
2: to you as well, man. It's uh, it was. We really thank you for that.
1: You're welcome. Well, thanks for reaching out, and uh, hey, good health and uh, all the best to you guys. And stay in touch. All right.
0: We will. We will. I pray, we appreciate you coming on. And yeah. I'll uh,
1: I'll give you a wave if I see you from the from the box this week. There we <laughs> go. <laughs> there we go. All right, fellas, All be good. Take, Take care. This Take care. Will be well. Take, Take care. care. Right, you bye-bye.
0: too. Bye bye. Well, that was awesome, man. Uh, Dave Sims, what a guy. He's a. It, the, it's it's cool to hear the voice, talk to the voice that you hear your sporting events on.
2: Yeah, every day you hear your his voice is so recognizable. It's weird. Actually, talking to the voice. <laughs> yeah, you're like, is this
0: my family member? Like, I, hear this. <laughs> I, like, I know that talk voice. To you again, I, right? like, hey, Dave. <laughs> Dave, Dave. Like, ah, man, another day. Like, I hear Dave in my sleep, man.
2: Yeah, but he's, uh, no, he's great. And I think, you know, one thing is that optimism and being, like, a fan, and I think this is a good reminder for Seattle Mariners fans, it's a long season. I don't know where we were this time last year, but I don't think we were thinking playoffs this time last year or even the year before that we weren't thinking. And we all ended up, you know, right in the mix at the end of the year. So keep yep. that hope up, and um, we got Julio Rodriguez to watch now, too, and watch him grow into a superstar.
0: Yeah, and I would say, uh, despite usually if there was a season where the Mariners right now, I think they're only, like, six games below 500 or something like that. Yeah. Um, I, I would be like, I wouldn't be out. You know, I watch every game, whether we're yeah. 55 games below 500, but I'd be out on the idea of like postseason potentially. This is the first time I'm like, Oh, you know, like I'm not saying, Oh yeah, they're making the playoffs, but there's a good chance that they turn it around. They have good players. Mm-hmm. They have a, it, they're in a good situation. They're not in a bad situation. So it feels good to, like you said, don't be in a panic mode and feels good to be able to say, Hey, and let's just not look at the standings till so July. And if we keep winning two out of three, we're probably gonna be five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten games over five hundred if we keep the pace that we're at.
2: Right. And once you hit that number, you're right in the playoff mix. So and I think we have an extra what three wild cards this year? Is it three?
0: Three. Yeah. So there's three. A good ch- so there's a good so there, we are still in the mix. Long yeah. season. There's a good chance here. Well, it's all love. We appreciate Dave Sims coming on and uh George. I think that is uh all we got. It
1: was a fun I time. With yep, man.